20th of June 2020, sharing some insights from the OPEC Plus Monitoring Committee meeting that happened this week. Uh, they were meant to have a press conference by the end of it, uh, never took place. And key reasons for it, a um, lot of anger within the room. Um, the non-compliant members, uh, Kazakhstan, Iraq, Angola and Nigeria, all having um, different plans rather. So Iraq and Kazakhstan have submitted detailed plans in terms of how they will attain compliance going forward, as well as how they'll make up for the recent overproduction that they've done. Uh, Iraq genuinely does seem like it is trying. Uh, we've seen reports this week that Iraq's been cancelling crude nominations to its refineries, uh, boosting up uh, the price of some of uh, the grades of crude like Basra uh, that 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 it's uh, it's loading as well as the the loading programs are showing a decline so iraq does feel like uh, it's at least going in the direction of complying uh, but iraq and kazakhstan were not the issues this time around it was nigeria and angola uh, their ministers had earlier on during the opec plus meeting uh, in in june early june had said yes they will comply but turning up to the meeting on thursday they actually failed to provide uh, similar plans, uh, detailed plans as Iraq and Kazakhstan's done. And uh, that's that's really resulted in you know, the Saudis um, not, not being that happy. They cancelled the press conference. Uh, both Nigeria and Angola have been given until Monday, uh, June 22nd, uh, to present their compliance plans. Now, the members haven't disclosed what penalties uh, would be imposed if they fail to do so, but it is pretty serious because Saudis have repeatedly said that the importance of sharing the burden of the cuts, uh, they're reversing some of the extreme cuts they've done, um, the over and above what was required for from them, and they've really passed the baton on to the rest of the group. So um, if Nigeria and Angola do decide not to comply, it also kind of uh, makes Iraq's uh, efforts uh, in vain because Iraq's having a lot of domestic issues at the moment in terms of reducing its uh, output at a time when prices are lower as well as at a time when there's a lot of stress on its budget. Um, foreign debt uh, servicing obligations as well as its commitments to foreign companies. Um, Iraq can't technically cut too much because it's foreign companies that are active in the oil production sector there and that would be a breach uh, of, of some of their existing contracts and, and Iraq's doing all of that uh, now uh, in terms of getting to that compliance level but you can very much imagine if there are two or three members such as Nigeria and Angola that don't really comply uh, there is a risk that the, the, the group as a whole the, the big 9.7 million barrel per day cut number that they have and the extended cuts they have until the next of the year, they do fall under a lot of risk. Um, separately, I uh, have to say this, um, the group is targeting $50 a barrel. Uh, that's what they're doing by taking crude off the market as you know, demand is recovering globally and really incentivizing stock draws. Uh, we've seen the first three months of the Brent contract flip into backwardation, really a signal that the market's no longer oversupplied, but um, facing a deficit and needs uh, those inventories to come 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 online again, uh, or rather come to the market. Um, so it's a there's a mixed signal there. Uh, the other players do want that high target $50 a barrel, but these non-compliant members do raise the risk. Uh, separately, I do have to say, um, you know, we've, we've been tweeting about this in our podcast as well. The global economy does seem to be 
um, especially from the consumer side, um, in terms of the data that's coming out, a lot more resilient than what major economists um, have have given them credit for. There's a lot of skepticism um, earlier on in May, as well as uh, in early June, in terms of how quick the recovery would be. But um, seeing data from Australia um, is is quite um, a source of happiness along with um, other countries such as the US and China as well. Uh, obviously risk remain given the, the second wave and the, the tensions globally in terms of the riots as well. Um, and also in terms of you know the job losses we've had and how, how exactly we'll have a V-shaped recovery. Uh, the bankruptcies for small businesses are also a risk. So within all of that though, at least for now, uh, we can take comfort in the fact that the data is telling us that the consumers thus far at least been resilient.